You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Interstate Batteries. Now, recently I had a conversation with one of my buddies. He's kind of a, a truck nut, a car nut, and he told me that Interstate Batteries makes, from a technical standpoint, some of the best car batteries on the market, period, hands down. Not only that, but they have thousands of retail locations all over the United States. So stop in to a local retail store, ask the guy who works there about their car batteries, and hell, you might as well put one in if they're the best in the business. So interstatebatteries.com is their website. Go there, find out more information about the culture of the company, the batteries that these guys carry, or just stop into a, a local retail store. Interstate Batteries, outrageously dependable. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. And this week we just sort of talk about the the wild world we're living in. How this pandemic is affecting the outdoor space. Uh, we kind of talk about how it is or isn't affecting fishing license sales. We got some we got some data from the ODNR on that. And some of the things that we are seeing in our own lives that are that are changing things that we're seeing in our communities with with people kind of wanting to get more connected to their food supply and just how things are changing possibly going to change and how this could be a good time to get more people introduced and excited about the outdoors so that's what this week's about. Before we get into that, I need to talk about our sponsor, Mastin's Deer Sense. So Mastin's is a obviously a deer scent company, and they collect everything on stainless steel. And the reason that's important is stainless steel is clean. That's why they use stainless steel for medical equipment. It it you know it doesn't it doesn't corrode. It doesn't. Uh, absorb things like like plastics or like concrete a lot of places use concrete and so you get a good clean scent and Mastin's also the other thing I really like about Mastin's is they've got some interesting and unique products scented gel crystals scented candles their double scent stacker which if you're not familiar with that is go to their website and check that out it's kind of a, a cool system where you can use one of their scented candles with a liquid scent and uh, it allows you to layer scents. So some interesting products that they have to offer and the prices are really good. They're really reasonable. So with that, I would encourage you to check them out, mastinsdeersense.com, or you can go to ohiohuntsman.com slash sponsors. And there's a link there that takes you to their website. 
You can order right on their site and they ship it right to your house. So let's get into the conversation about uh, this, this new wild world. Welcome to the Ohio Huntsman Podcast, where three brothers, Jason, Jacob, and Jeff, discuss all things hunting in Ohio. Our goal is to be your source for accurate and reliable hunting news and conservation issues in the great state of Ohio, as well as some fun and interesting conversations along the way. This is the Ohio Huntsman Podcast. Are you listening? All right, so we've got all three of us on this episode. It's it's just going to be uh, Jacob, Jeff, and myself. We don't We don't have a guest scheduled for this week, but... We should have some guest episodes coming here in the in the coming weeks, so you guys stay tuned for that. But I guess today we're, we our thought was just to kind of talk about this this wild world that we're living in. I, I guess is the, is sort of the best way to sort of kick this off. And one of the things I I just saw is well maybe a, a day or two ago is uh i guess they're they're rebooting the looney tunes is that what you got they're bringing back looney tunes cartoons right with like new right. episodes yeah 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 but i was reading that uh both elmer fudd and um uh Boy, I just blanked on the other guy's name. Yosemite Sam. Yes, right? Yosemite Sam. Yes, I was wanting to call him S- Sylvester, and I knew that wasn't right. Yosemite Sam. Yeah, they they are taking away their guns. So, from what I read, um, you know, Elmer Fudd is still going to be up to his usual antics with, uh, you know, trying to blow Bugs Bunny up and. Uh, you know, drop heavy things on him and all, all of that stuff, but just just no guns. So, I don't know. Do you yeah. guys see that? Do you have thoughts on that? Well, what I heard was that his new weapon of choice, if you will, you know, because it always used to be like a double-barreled shotgun or whatever. Right. Now his new weapon of choice is going to be like a... I don't even know what they're called. Like a Grim Reaper? A scythe. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, That's what I, I heard is new, which to me is way more screwed up. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of screwed up. Yeah, that's weird. I don't even that just like, makes him that just makes him like a horror movie character. Like, that's just yeah. right. Yeah, it's a little more I mean, sadistic, nope. I think. Right, that's weird. I don't even really know what to think or say about it. I, I listened to the the uh, Meat Eater episode, and they touched on it briefly. Um, that that just came out that today's the fifteenth we're recording on, um, you know, and they touched on it briefly, but didn't didn't talk too much about it. But yeah, I, I just like I don't even know. It just makes you wonder, uh, like, how the conversation goes how those decisions get made that like the logic train i guess i always try to like how do you follow the logic and a lot of times i just can't <laughs> i don't you know it's like i just can't other than i guess they just don't want guns in children's 
television. I mean, well, flat out. The thing that the thing that I saw that is kind of, I guess, screwed up or strange is we're taking the, you know, I mean, like they're obviously they're taking the guns out of this cartoon or the gun out of the cartoon, but they're not, you know, that doesn't address the issue of like violence in video games or, you know, other things that kids do way too much and spend way too much time on you know what i mean like all these war-based video games that kids are playing or you know even i can't think of the name of the one that everyone's playing now jeff you're the you're the kid of the group here what what's that game that everybody's playing the most Uh, overwatch i don't know yeah (laughs) no the one all the kids are playing now where they drop you in this world and the object is to kill everybody fortnite i can't i don't know i don't yeah, really play fortnite. these games i think either. it's fortnite i think okay. it's fortnite yeah i'm pretty sure it's- <laughs> we sound I, like a bunch of old dudes I, right right i'm the kid of the group i'm a 30 year old man <laughs> but yeah i fortnite. still owe you a birthday present by the way i have it here Duly so you can noted. speculate on what it is yeah but. Did I get you anything? <laughs> yes, yes, you did. See? See? I knew it. <clears throat> Just for okay. listener reference, it's June 15th, and uh, Jeff's birthday is the end of March, so <laughs> yeah. I'm a little behind. However, do you want to know who didn't get me anything? Which, don't tell them this, because I don't want them to feel bad, but Mom and Dad didn't get me anything. Well... And I, I mean, I assume it's a quarantine, you know, they, it was, we were, you know, in heavy quarantine at that point and it slipped their mind, but. Yeah. I was just going to ship it to your house, but I ended up shipping it here and then I was just going to drop it off in your mailbox and then I just never did that. So it's still here. Well. I, I get my packages now, so that's good. You were getting reason, packages? Well, they started delivering my packages. If if it came on a Saturday, the Saturday driver for, like, I think FedEx would deliver across the street. Oh. And there's it that, that house is like a, a sec, someone's second home or like a vacation home or something like that. So... They, my packages were just piling up on the porch. <laughs> nice. And I kept telling, like, hey, I'm not getting my packages. Like, you say you delivered it. I don't have it. But, Do they take a picture of where of where they put it for you? Like, if it's Amazon? Amazon, yes. Yeah, these were not Amazon packages. Oh, okay. Because I, like... I, I could have figured that out. Yeah, how'd we do? That's not my porch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of uh, Weird World Amazon, so so check this out. We had what I, what I thought was our first package theft off of our porch. Because we had a, a, an Amazon package delivered. We got the notification, picture on the porch. And I seem to, 
I seem to remember looking out the front door, you know, we're working from home and, and like out of my peripheral noticing, Oh, we got a package. I'm going to grab that a little later. And you know, a couple hours go by and you know, it's the end of the workday. We're outside playing and it's like, where'd that package go? And we're looking all over. It was kind of windy that day. It was a it was a lighter package, you know. And we're thinking, well, maybe because we've had them get blown off the edge of our porch, but then they usually fall off the edge of the porch, and then they're out of the wind enough, and they just stop there. I'm looking everywhere, man, off the edge of the porch. Well, maybe it made it all the way to the property line. There's a fence there and like a tree row. Maybe it's up under these trees. I don't know. Maybe the you know like maybe the wind blew it around the side of the house because the wind kind of funnels here. Like I'm at I'm like. It's got to be here somewhere. Like, we were here. There's no way somebody came to our door and, like, really? Nobody? Like, we we <laughs> had somebody steal a package off of our porch and we we were here and didn't notice it? <laughs> you were home. Right. Yeah, like, I'm starting to get that, like, sick to your stomach. Like, somebody stole off of our freaking porch while we were here, you know? And then... <clears throat> We got to thinking Amanda had scheduled an Amazon return for them to just pick it up, have UPS just pick it up from our off of our porch. Well, if if the package wasn't available or whatever, they were supposed to leave you a packing, uh, you know, a shipping label and then you take it to a UPS store or whatever. And we did have a slip like tucked uh, under the corner of the doormat. So come to find out what happened was... <clears throat> He showed up to pick up a return so that the Amazon driver dropped the package off. An hour later or something, UPS shows up to pick up a return, an Amazon return, sees an Amazon box on the porch, and takes it as a return. But it was, you know, it was some clothes Amanda had ordered on Amazon. The, The package that was delivered that we thought was stolen was a a, a kid's book for Ella. So now we're in this quandary of like Amazon is processing a return for shirts. What they're going to get back is a kid's book. I chatted Amazon. They refunded the money for the kid's book. I said, you know, what happened? The UPS driver took it, you know. But we're not sure that the the money for the shirts that are supposed to be returned that we still have <laughs> like we're we're in this like uh, uh, so Amanda's going to try and chat with Amazon again tonight and get this all sorted out. So weird yeah. world we're living in. Yes. So yeah, that's my Amazon package delivery uh, story, which we're doing. I'm sure you know most everybody is doing a lot more of during all of this. And so then the other thing is just spending time outdoors, right? There seems to be, you know, people that are hunters and and fishermen were, I don't want to say happy, but, you know, you were sitting in a pretty good spot with a freezer full of meat when all of this went down and all of a sudden you can't get meat at the grocery store. I think, and you guys jump in wherever, but, you know, I think that coupled with 
most of the public places where you would go and, and be around people and get out of your house were shut down or severely limited. Right. And so there, you know, there seems to be a, a increased interest in the outdoors, in being more sustainable, self-sustainable, you know, sort of sourcing your own food. I know, you know, you guys have heard, listeners have heard talk, you know, my family before any of this coronavirus stuff started, you know, we had decided we were going to get chickens this year. And the hatchery that we ordered it from, uh, they've got a little podcast and I, I listened to some of their episodes and they're talking about how, you know, their, their orders have started to, they skyrocketed, you know, ch- the, the chick orders are, are selling out because people are like, you know, I guess rightfully so kind of freaked out about the grocery store yeah. isn't always going to be there to supply me food. So I need to, you right. know, I think people that may have been on the fence about this and, and I don't know, you know, this is just me speculating, but even people that weren't on the fence were like, Hey man, I, I you know, I got to do something. I'm going to get me some chickens. I'm going to whatever. I'm going to try to take up hunting and away we went. Have you guys yeah. sort of seen that same well, stuff? Yeah. I mean, the other thing for me, not that I guess personally, because we don't typically eat out that much, but I would venture a guess that a lot of people probably were, like you said, before this all hit, sitting pretty with freezers full of meat. And now they're realizing now that they've had to eat three meals a day out of their own freezer, they're probably yeah. like, wait a second. Maybe I didn't have as much meat as I thought I did. <laughs> you know, if again, you can't plan for a global pandemic, but you almost kind of have to a little bit, <laughs> you know, yeah. like maybe it's time to put another deer, one more deer than you think in the freezer. And then if you have leftover, when it gets to be almost deer season, it's time to share that with people or however you want to do it. But, I would venture that people are probably running short. Well, and I think people are getting into gardening pretty heavy. You know, it seems like the the garden centers have been pretty busy, um, you know, selling out of plants. You know, either people are getting into gardening that that haven't or they're, you know, putting a garden in this year where they maybe haven't in years past or they're putting a bigger garden in, Um, you know the next thing in the line will probably be, I, I heard this on a, um, uh, a Joe Rogan podcast. You know, this guy was speculating he was, he's in the, uh, farming community and he was speculating that, you know, come fall, all of that food preservation stuff, dehydrators, canning supplies, like that stuff is going to be hard to come by. Unless the suppliers right. are able to get ahead of it, but you, right, know, you may have a, a run on that kind of stuff because all these people that weren't gardeners or, you know, maybe just put in a small garden to kind of feed their family through the summer are now thinking, well, I need a bigger garden and I need to stockpile some of this stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it's just in, you know, in my field. 
working in, you know, with the public and healthcare, everybody has to have a mask, um, you know, and that's customers coming into the store. That's all the staff, like everybody's got to have a mask to do anything. So it's just, I found it kind of funny that all of a sudden everybody's grandma, aunt, mom became the most important person because they know how to sew masks. All right. It's one of those, unfortunately, probably one of those lost traits, you know, that it's something I fear with hunting, you know, like as generations go, it's less and less people are doing it. You know, most people, I would say over a majority, I would say over 65 probably were taught how to sew by their mother. Right. Or even in school. Right. Or even in school. Right. I don't know that the next generation, you know, you're 30 some year old, the majority of them, 30s, 40s, probably aren't, I'd say a vast majority probably don't sew or maybe haven't sewed since they were kids. You know, it's just kind of a generational thing, but you see a lot of the older women just pumping out these masks because that's something they can do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, it kind of, like you said, the canning, I mean, a lot of people probably use whatever their grandparents canned, their parents probably dabbled in it and now they just don't do it. (laughs) Right. You know, so it's like bringing back the archives of, man, I wish before grandpa passed away, I'd have learned how to can or I'd have learned how to garden or whatever, Mm -hmm. because it's kind of coming around. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the other thing I've been noticing, you know, with this whole pandemic is just because there's nothing else to do, um, a lot more people are spending time outdoors, whether it's hiking, fishing, camping, you know, I have a campground that's not too far from my house and I used to not really get much traffic down my road well now friday nights you know there's people you know friday evening five o'clock there's people going because they're heading to the campground right you know and uh i drove past lake milton two weekends ago and it was the busiest i've ever seen it i mean it was packed people you know boats and uh you know the beach was covered and I mean, people were just anywhere, they any place they could get a chunk of shoreline, they were fishing. And were, they, so I, were they generally social distancing, or were, were they packed in tighter than that? Oh, on, on the beach, they were packed in shoulder to shoulder. The people swimming, I mean, they were, there was no social distancing okay. at all. Um, but, I mean, obviously, people that are boating or social distancing and uh the people that were fishing you know not at like the normal park area were social distancing you know people that just kind of found some place to park along the side of the road hopped over the guardrail yeah believe it or not by the time you hear this ad we'll only be three months away from bow season opening so time to start thinking about fall deer hunting and a good thing to have in your toolkit this fall is monster whitetail grub deer feed 
They've got their signature monster whitetail grub feed, which is a high protein feed with mineral mixed in. You can have all kinds of additives added, flavors, whole peanuts, lots of different options. You can find all of that on their Facebook page. So if you're interested, you want to try out either their signature feed, their flavored corn options, or just straight mineral, go to ohiohuntsman.com sponsors. There's a link there on how to get in touch with them and try out some of their stuff. Now let's get back into the conversation. Yeah, I, that's one, you know, you talked about camping and, and that, I mean, it's easy to sit here and speculate after the fact, but you know, they, they closed down campgrounds and that was one that I was like, I don't, I don't know that I understand that one. I mean, I don't do a ton of yeah. camping at campgrounds, but it right. seemed like you would, it would be pretty easy to, to social distance at a campground. Yeah. The only, and I, uh, my neighbor does a fair, a fair amount of camping. He has like a camper. And the only thing I could come up with is a lot of people that camp, camp with other people. No, uh, so that's I- true there's five families. We all have campers. We all go camp and we share a common bonfire type thing. So that's the only thing I could possibly think of. Well, and I guess they have, they have like the communal bathrooms, showers, sinks, you know, like a, a, right. You know, one of those campgrounds that can support a camper, right? A lot of times they have a, a building where you can go get a shower and use the toilet and that kind of thing. Right. Also, it seems, you know, frog season just came in and it it seems this year a lot more people are into going to catch some frogs or gig some frogs than I've ever seen before. You know, just via social media and stuff. Mm -hmm. It seems like people are really into it this year. So I, uh, you know, because I've seen the same thing. We went to a, you know, a public lake nearby here not to fish just the one day just to get out of the house and, and kind of wander around. This was a, a little while ago and it seemed like there was, you know, there was quite a few people there. I mean, everybody was social distancing and, and you know, cause there are, there are a few docks that you can walk out on and, you know, people were keeping their distance, but there's, there seemed to be a fair number of people out there fishing. Uh, but I actually reached out to, the ODNR to see if they could give me some information on fishing license sales. And they said that, uh, fishing license sales as of June 3rd, like I said, this is June 15th. We're, we're recording this. They are 13% below last year's sales rate. Huh? Now, yeah. Now they did, they did. There is a caveat with it. There is an asterisk with that. Um, that does not account for multi-year licenses. So, you know, everybody I'm sure is aware at this point that they like hunting licenses, fishing license, you can buy, you know, lifetime license or multi-year license, that sort of thing. They said if they factor that in, they're, they're at around at least 8% below the number of licensed anglers compared to last year. Uh, I wonder... I wonder, the first thing that comes to my mind is, does that 
include or how do they factor in in terms of license sales like the charter sales on Lake Erie? People using a charter service to go walleye fishing for one day. Do they purchase, know. you know, does that count as a, because that person has to have a fishing license, but it's usually done through the charter service. That person doesn't go to the ODNR website and buy a fishing license in most cases. It's all handled in their fee or price. But are those different? Is that a different license? The one day license versus seasonal? You know, I wonder how that would break down. Because there obviously is much less of that because all that stuff shut down for a period right. of time. Um, yeah, they didn't comment on that. I mean, I know you can buy a one-day license, but they didn't right. in this email response. They didn't comment on that. That's the first thing or reason that I could think of that might have impacted that. Um, the other thing is, for unfortunately, I would venture to guess that a lot of people are probably just fishing without licenses. <laughs> um, I don't. You know, I don't know, because I have I'm with you. I've seen a lot more people fishing. Yeah, I mean, that could be I don't know, Jeff, do you have any thought? Because yeah. there was a, one other thing well, that they added, but I want to see if Jeff well, might pick up. Yeah, on this. I mean, the catch, the casual, uh, you know, fisher, you know, I, I know I've ran into a lot of people who didn't know that they needed to buy a license to fish. So, you know, who are just going out. You know, they went to Walmart and bought a fishing pole and some night crawlers. Right. Um, and then I I do think that, yeah, the, the tourism aspect of Lake Erie, you know, that that could cause some numbers to to decrease. Um, and then uh, they potentially because also didn't they uh, close a section of the Maumee River? Um, just because it was getting too crowded, which is, I mean, that's a big fishing destination for walleye in the spring. So those are all things that I'm thinking could factor into that, but I'm yeah. generally surprised that that number is down. So the one thing that they, that they added, um, that, that they, are speculating could explain is uh, the change in validity dates of the license. Whereas the license used to end like a, you know, hunting license end February. Now they are good for 365 days from the date of purchase. And they said at the end of the, and I'm sort of paraphrasing what they, what they said here, obviously. Uh, but they did say that the last few weeks so from June 3rd to June 15th have made up substantially for lost sales in March and April that they are speculating are due to poor weather and COVID concerns. So we'll have to see how the, you know, how the, the summer shakes out in total. But as of June 3rd, fishing, fishing license sales are surprisingly down. Yeah. That's hmm. interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely not what I would have expected. Yeah. But, well, Wait. another thing, I guess, that potentially could, I don't know how many people, I guess, vacation to Lake Erie, but that could be another thing. People aren't, you know, if someone has a lake house that they go up to, you know, whatever in 
on the lake somewhere and then they're not doing that because of covid concerns that could potentially i guess i don't know play into it yeah or i mean any of that right i mean if you go down to the southern part of the state and you you know you always camp down there yeah and you you fish the ohio river or you go to egypt lake or cinnamon lake or you know any of those places that you may have a vacation home cabin you know fish shack you know whatever if you're not traveling to those places like why you know why buy a fishing license but hopefully that continues to pick up and i think you know we were sort of talking in in just sort of notes before we started recording is that because of that sort of increased interest or or maybe people being forced to come to the realization that the grocery store may not always be there, you know, cheeseburgers don't come from the grocery, the grocery store shelf. You know, this could be a good year to get people into hunting. You know, they, they may be more willing to, take you on an offer to go hunt, try it out, you know, it could be, I mean, fishing license sales aren't, aren't reflecting it at the moment, but you know, it could be a good opportunity to not only hunting, but, but fishing also, you know, get people into that sort of thing and, and channel more dollars into the outdoors, conservation, that sort of thing. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It, I'd say it certainly wouldn't be a bad, again, not that people probably have a ton of extra meat, but if you know, you know, I mean, if you do happen to have extra venison, it might be a good time to introduce them to the cooking game side of it, too. If, you know, you don't think they're quite ready to go actually hunting, but at least get an interest. You could convert someone that's like, oh, I'll never eat venison. It's like, well, if you don't have an option. I have some, <laughs> Yeah, you know, like if you want some red meat, I'm more than willing to give you some, you know, whatever. And I'll, whatever, I'll have you over. I'll even cook it for you <laughs> just to introduce them and kind of put that little thought in their head of, well, this isn't what I remember my dad making. This tastes a lot better or whatever, right. you know, I've had a little bit of luck with, I mean, not that they've gone, but like talking to people about squirrel hunting you know, like because it's a thing that people see running around their backyard or, or at the park or whatever. And you kind of put the bug in their in their brain that like, you know, you can eat those. Right. Like and they're good. You know, I, I've had a, a couple sort of like, really, you know, you can eat squ- what, what you know, what's it like? What you, you know, and you can kind of. And they seem like, wow, I, you know, they kind of annoy me. I'd, I'd kind of like to shoot them, you know, like they tear yeah. my bird feeders up or they, you know, whatever. And it's like, yeah, yeah. you know, you can eat them. And I they're had a quite squirrel. tasty. <laughs> yeah. I had a squirrel come in my house yesterday. Really? I Yeah. Came inside my house. I had, <laughs> I had a cup of bird seed sitting like just inside my back door um sitting on my deep freeze 
and I left the back, you know, yesterday was kind of cool. So I left the back door open, you know, just kind of let the air come in, um, you know, the back sliding door and I didn't put the screen, you know, I just left it open and came walking back to the house and out darts the squirrel out of my house. And that <laughs> cup had a bunch of little eaten uh, sun, you know, opened up sunflower seeds sitting next to it. He was just sitting there eating them. <laughs> Apparently, that squirrel knew when the when the boss was away. Yeah. yeah, that's funny. The one that's been getting me lately, and I I don't you know how the internet is these days. It like seems to know what you're thinking, but um, I've seen a lot of people talk about eating raccoon, and I've never dreamed of eating a raccoon, but. I've heard and seen, like, I know the Meat Eater podcast talked about it not long ago. Because raccoon, you know, especially around our neck of the woods, are borderline nuisance. Uh, but I guess out west, like, they're actually kind of like a trophy almost. You don't see them everywhere. Like, those guys talk like they've never trapped a raccoon. They've never killed a raccoon. Hmm. It's like... You mean you're like, you know, like a famous hunter and you've never killed a raccoon? It's like I could kill a raccoon every day if I wanted to. (laughs) You know, it's just, but yeah, they, I don't know. And those guys, they've, on the Meteor podcast, they talk about it. They've they've all tried it or eaten it. And they say a lot of it probably has to do with what it consumes. You know, if it's a city, a sewer raccoon, it's probably not going to taste good because it eats a lot of garbage. But if it's, you know, a raccoon that lives in the woods and, you know, lives off the land, so to speak, and doesn't eat people to human trash. Corn-fed raccoons. Right. They say it's not actually that bad, but I don't know if I'm brave enough to try it. I'd try it. I I, I don't think there's any way. I I don't know how to prepare it. I'm sure the internet will tell you. (laughs) I don't think there's I mean, any way I get my, to, my wife to try raccoon, but yeah, you're gonna have to cook it thoroughly because you know raccoons can give you trichinosis. Yeah, yeah, I think I do remember hearing that that they're carriers. I've heard like you can you know you can put them in a slow cooker and do like uh, you know. I guess it would be more, I think I've heard it described more like pulled beef, you know, like it's kind of that type of a, you know, I guess you cover anything with like barbecue sauce, you know, <laughs> it's not too bad. So. <laughs> right. Barbecue sauce is up there with like cheese and bacon. Makes everything taste good. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. You guys have any other things you want to touch on about this uh, sort of wild world, wild time we're living in? Well, the other thing is kind of the the run on guns and ammo. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, because we had the, the pandemic and peop- there was a big run on guns because it was like, well, you know, are the police going to respond to calls, you know, non-life-threatening calls? Or am I going to have to protect my house? And, you know, people were hitting up the gun store, selling them out. 
Um, you know, and I heard one gun store owner talk and basically it was they had, it was kind of an unprecedented run because before it was always people were looking for one specific kind of gun. You know, they're you know, this kind of run on guns is on handguns. You know, they think some sort of legislation is going to come in that's going to ban handguns. And then the next one, you know, is assault rifles. So people want their ARs and, yeah, you know, where this one was, what gun do you have that I can also buy the ammo for here so that I have a gun? You know, so it was just broad scale, like any gun on the shelf people were buying yeah i think there's i think there were a lot of i guess if some of the media that some of the you know the bigger like i've seen brownells did a bunch of like video content around new gun buyers you know and should i buy a gun and what to do when you buy your first gun and that kind of thing you know i think there was a lot of first-time gun buyers that you know, they were scared, sort of panicked. And they're like, you know, like you said, I, I don't really care what it is. I just need a gun, you know? And right. it, it's, and I don't know, this is just, you know, an observation, but any of this stuff, you know, like any of the panic buying on, on toilet paper, on ammo, like there's just something in you even if you're like, oh, I, I, don't know, I got plenty of ammo, but then like you see that everybody's buying it up and, and you know, you can, or there's a limit like, oh, you know, one per, it's like, well, I better buy one, you know, I don't really need it, but you know, it's like, yeah. there's just something in your like reptile brain that's like, well, I better get one too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so it just like fulfills all... itself. Uh-huh when all this panic kind of started where like people were first going to stock up on like food and toilet paper before I heard about any, you know, gun buying stuff. Uh, there was a guy who had, uh, 200 rounds. Wait, was it 200? It may have been 400 rounds at Walmart of shotgun shells in his cart. And I kind of teased him, you know, cause everybody else is, is there stocking up, you know, for pandemic stuff. You know, I said, Oh, you know, you, you stocking up for the pandemic, you know, and it was kind of like, haha, you know, and then like a week later, it's like, Oh no, everybody actually is doing that. Like going and buying <laughs> mo because of the pandemic. Yeah. You know, and I think it'll be interesting. Well, the first thing that comes to mind is, uh, Pittman Roberts money. Yeah. You know, because there's been a lot of money pumped into, you know, guns and ammo. Mm -hmm. So when that all comes back around, you know, that'll be good for conservation and hunting, shooting sports. Uh, And then the second thing that I think is going to be interesting is in a couple of years when, you know, because people were just buying whatever gun they could get, um, you know, if these people decide that they want to continue to be gun owners, they may, uh, 
get a gun that actually fits them a little bit better, fits their needs a little bit better. And there could be a lot of guns on the market, on the secondary market, that are discounted used guns that have barely been used, really. Yeah. You know, they people bought them and, you know, took them to the range once or twice and they stayed inside. You know, they're not guns that people have been out hunting with or shooting thousands of rounds out of, you know every weekend at the range so i wouldn't be surprised if you don't end up being able to buy guns that have never been fired yeah yeah absolutely you know i mean yeah somebody goes in a panic i need a gun okay i got a gun i don't yeah. i don't really know how to use it but i got one here uh, you know and they never they live in the suburbs I, I don't you know i don't know i can't shoot it at my house uh you know I don't, I don't feel comfortable going to a range. All this stuff dies down. It's like, what do I got this gun under my mattress for? And they just offload it. Gun that's never been fired. Yeah, because yeah. I know more than one person who, you know, bought a gun. Uh, you know, panic bought a gun. You know, who was not a previous gun owner. And they haven't went and shot them yet. You know, because yeah. they... They live in town. They'd have to actually go to a range and shoot it. And, you know, who's got time for that? You know, and yeah, because of COVID, the ranges were closed. So you couldn't go shoot it. Right. Yeah. I mean, that if, if you know, if you know somebody that bought a, a gun that's a legal hunting firearm, you know, that kind of goes back to what we were talking about before about, you know, hey, I know you bought that shotgun or whatever you know you want to come out and put it to use this fall you know that, that would be a good opportunity right they've got the firearm a lot of times is the you know the one sort of big ticket item that you know can kind of right. be a, a a limiting factor limiting showstopper yeah so could be a good opportunity to get more people into into hunting this fall so have you guys, I mean, I guess kind of continuing down this road, are you guys going to make changes going forward to, you know, post-pandemic on just, you know, general life things, how much stuff you keep at home, or, or are you just, you know, you, you were prepared and things are all good? I'm going to keep enough ammo for next hunting season on hand. You know, I'm not going to wait till hunting season comes around and then realize, oh, I need, you know, I need to buy another box. You know, I'm down to, you know, 20 rounds or whatever. Right. Like, I'm definitely not going to let that happen. So. Yeah, I would say I'd say I definitely plan on increasing my on hand of ammo. Um, I've always taken for granted that I could just go pick up a box. You know, it's turkey seasons next week and it's like, oh crap, I don't have any turkey shells. I'll just head down to the store and get some. Yeah. Um, so I plan on at least like Jeff said, I don't want to say stockpiling. That's probably not the right word, but, um, keeping some ammo on hand for sure. Um, and then I'm plan on just, I'll probably start. As you know, once we move out to the property, the new property, I plan on 
getting a little more self-sufficient in terms of, you know, a garden and we'll probably get chickens, goats, you know, stuff, little, I don't want to call it farming by any means, but just a little bit of something to where if the crap does hit the fan again, I'll have a little bit of self-sustaining ability. Right. Yeah, I think sort of along the same lines, you know, I'll probably keep a little more ammo on hand. I mean, I don't plan on, you know, keeping thousands of rounds, but it, I guess maybe it depends on the caliber. You know, I might have a thousand rounds of two, two, three or something on hand, but, um, just, yeah. At least having, you know, like you guys said, instead of like, oh, I'm out, I need to go buy some more. Like, oh, I'm down to a few boxes, I need to go buy some more. The same thing with groceries. And, you know, Amanda and I have talked about like, you know, because there would be times in the past where, you know, our grocery, you know, it's like, boy, we're really, we're really kind of like, we don't have a lot of food. I mean, we we always have meat in the house, I guess, unless it's, you know, we're getting to the start of of hunting season and we've kind of gone through our, our meat, but we generally have meat, but you know, the, the veggies, the canned foods, that sort of stuff will probably, you know, instead of like, Oh, we are, we're out. We need to buy more. It's like, Oh, we're down to, you know, a half a dozen cans of green beans. We need to go buy more sort of thing. and just cycling through that stuff a little better instead of waiting until right. we're out. But yeah, I would say that's definitely something that I would second is changing from that. We're out because the store's also been out. (laughs) (laughs) So if you're out and the store's out, now we're really got a problem. If you're, you know, getting on it a little earlier, you have at least a little bit of time to go to a few stores or, you know, hopefully catch when the store gets their shipment or whatever. But yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I don't I don't plan on becoming a doomsday prepper or anything along those lines, but I definitely probably will be a little more conscious of what's on hand, how you know if the you know, whatever the world was to shut down again, do I have enough to get through, you know, more than tomorrow. <laughs> right, yeah. You know, so I don't know. Yeah. It just just seems like this whole year, you know, there's a lot of memes and stuff about, you know, 2020 just being a a wild year. And it just, yeah, I just find myself, I find myself saying that a lot. Like, boy, it's a, it's a wild time we're living in. You know, it's just, you hear something else on the news and so. Yeah, well, that's without getting too political or involved, it's an election year. So they always stir things up. (laughs) Yeah. You know, everybody wants to pull their skeletons out of the closet when it's time to elect new leaders for our country because they want their person to win or, you know, be the favorite. So everybody wants to try to air anything they've been holding back. Yeah. That is what it is. Yeah. Well, 
Unless you guys have anything else you want to touch on, I think that's probably a good spot to to shut it off. Nothing? Nothing no here. I'm thoughts. good. Nothing. Uh, no, I don't okay. think so. Other than go buy your fishing license, I guess, and go fish. Yeah, yeah. So that's going to do it for this week. Like I said, wild world we're living in. So hopefully it's uh, it's got us all... Uh, what I hope comes out of this is we all sort of reevaluate what's important, what matters, and get rid of the extraneous stuff and kind of distill things back to what's important, get back to our roots, sourcing our own food. I mean, I realize, you know, we're going to, we're going to rely on grocery stores. That, that, that's a thing, but I I would hate to, to, for us to lose some of this like gardening, hunting heritage as generations go on. And and I think this was kind of a wake up call for people, maybe not so so much people in our community in the hunting space, but but I would say probably more definitely for the people that don't do any kind of self-sustaining food procurement, gardening, foraging, hunting, any of that. You know, they, they just, everything comes from the grocery store, you know, wrapped in cellophane or, or you know, out of a package. So if you know somebody like that and, and they're showing interest in the outdoors because of this, it could be a good opportunity to introduce them and add some numbers to our ranks. So with that, I'm going to sign off, let you all get back to whatever it is you're, you got going on. And as always, make sure you like and, and share the podcast, subscribe and follow us on social. We're Ohio Huntsman on Facebook, Ohio Huntsman underscore podcast on Instagram, and we will talk to you all next week. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.